Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man. Cappuccino Meeks in the building. You're looking kind of expensive over there, Meeks. Homie, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to live my <laughs> life, homie. That's that's all I got, man. Kind of expensive tonight, it's, man. It's, Damn, it's tomahawks in the hat in the air and all kinds <laughs> oh, of shit. God, I ain't boy. got time. I ain't got time to be looking like no bum out here, man. I'm trying to get my shit up. Word. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, man. So, uh, real real quick, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I was on spring break with the family last week, so I was down in lovely. Uh, well, let's just say the panhandle, if you will. I don't, I don't like to talk too specifically about my goings and my whereabouts, but let's just say I was on a, on a nice beach with my family for a week. That's what's up. Uh, and you know, I'm back and I, I turn right back around tomorrow and head out for a few days to the West coast and then come back and then go back out for a few, a few more days to the West coast. So, uh, April is a little challenging, but nonetheless, Meeks, yeah. nonetheless, we get it in. We we give you all that Smithsonian grade twice a week. Yes. What about you, man? How was your week? Oh man, it was crazy up here in the in the A with weather and shit, wasn't it? Yeah, the the weather was it was kind of wild, but it leveled off. Like today was a, a awesome fucking day weather wise. Um, and I don't know, man. I just kind of laid low, man. Pounded yeah. pounded uh, some fine light beers. All weekend. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, the best Colorado has to offer. Uh-oh. And um, All right. just laying low, man. I was on spring break, too. It was kind of lightweight, yeah. but we had a good time. Caught up on some sleep and all that good yeah, shit. So, yeah, it's all Pic- good, Pictures man. look nice. Pictures yeah, look man. good. We got flies and shit in here? What uh, is that? It's, it's springtime. It, it, it is springtime. It's all kind of shit outside. <laughs> You're right. It that is. motherfucker was big as me with <laughs> wings, though. Hell no. I'm watching out oh, for him. Oh, man. All right. So so, so real quick, while uh, we like to, you know, uh, have fun here and laugh and giggle and snort and all that bullshit, uh, there are a couple of very serious things that I like to talk about real quick. Enlighten one is, them, sir. One is, um, uh, first off, is uh, our good friend Jay Cyanide has an LP dropping. Well, by the time you hear this, is actually would have come out already. But our good friend Jay Cyanide has an LP dropping this week. The actual heat. The actual heat on official crate music, and it is a fucking barnstormer. So you need to go out and buy that. Don't. That's fine if you want to stream it and get your little preview on and all that shit. But go buy that at iTunes or you know wherever else it is you like to buy it. You need to go cop that. Yep. Second of all, Southern Vanguard just released their first merch offering. Last week, mm. you need to go cop that right now. So, real quick, just to give the breakdown, because you know, last week we we launched it. Meeks and I were, you know, in you different know parts of the country. different parts of the country <laughs> doing different things. So, let's just call it a soft launch, right? But this package is second to none. So, for those of you that are familiar with episode one hundred, that was what makes two hours of unreleased yep. content. Yep. I think there's only been like what two songs that have actually come out to date. 
Maybe. Um, that are that are on um, this double cassette release, actually. So anyway, episode yeah. 100 was all exclusives. No, no joint that we played had been heard before, and, and almost probably 90% of them have still not come out. Some of them will never see the light of day. Right. All right, J57 came through, Superstition came through, DJ Pocket came through, Drugs Beats sent us 40 beats, mm-hmm. The R sent us five or six beats, Peyton Locke sent us a bunch of shit anyway. It was a two-hour fucking bonanza. J57 and Meeks and Supa got on the mic. We had a had a couple of rounds, you know, uh, you know, passed the mic back and forth. The shit was incredible. So anyway, in, in celebration of that, we have a package that just came out last week. It's a double cassette. It's two cassettes, right? A double cassette of episode 100. It's a T-shirt. This says Southern Vanguard Radio on the front. It has 100 on the back in the back neck. It has a replica, a reproduction of Meek's handwritten track list from that night, mm. and it has a sticker with it. So there's only a hundred of these. Only a hundred. Only one hundred. We packing up the first orders tonight, so they they going out the door. So you somebody need, gonna be shot. Somebody is gonna be shot. You better get in where you fit in. So look. Telling you right now. So this is the most important part. Over the past two years, we've given you, as of this week, 113 mix shows. We've virtually never repeated a joint. Think of it like us giving you a mixtape every week and not repeating a single joint. And we've given you 93 interviews to date as well. I did the math mix, 250 Mm -hmm. hours of content over the past two years. Amazing. So our loyal listeners and followers, if you can please support us, we would greatly appreciate it. It's a great package. The teas were done locally here in Atlanta by Upward Drip. This ain't this ain't, ain't no ain't bullshit no, ass no, tea. It's good. It's in a, you some, can't make dish rags out of these teas. This is no American apparel bullshit. This is a heavy quality tea. Gildan. <laughs> it's a Gildan fifty fifty. Yo. My man Doug over Upper Drip had to do two passes on the shirt on the screen just to make sure it came out just right. This was put together with a lot of care. The ink and a on lot the of shirt stuff. was custom. It was custom mixed. It was custom this. mixed. Come on, man. So look, Southern Vanguard listeners, followers, and supporters, please go out and cop this. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And well, I had three important things that I needed to talk about, but I think the the release of this this uh, I'm fine with those two. Well, I mean that that two is really kind of like you know might as well that can just be number three. Number three is you know episode 100 packages out now. Go get it. Bam. All right, there we go. All right, so go. real quick. So for those of you that are listening for the first time, we do actually have an interview session tonight. That's what we're here for. Yes. We drop twice a week on Tuesdays. It's a mix show. I think you know from my rant earlier, you probably already heard figured that out. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday, new mix show. Every Thursday, we have an interview session with the DJ, MC, behind the scenes person, A and R, whatever it could be. Um, you know, so make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, MixCloud, Stitcher Radio, and what, AT- what else? ATLHipHop.com. Return of the Boom Bap Radio, WRBB, right here in Atlanta. Soul Public Radio on the West Coast. And I am Classic, rawradio.net here in Atlanta. You got it. Share, like, follow, subscribe, please. Yeah. All right. Meeks, I'm going to let you do the intro. I've, I've been talking too much. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hog the mic nah, there, man. But I, that was on my heart, man. I, nah, I was, I, I, it had to be done. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Um, 
these these fine gentlemen uh, we got on the horn with us tonight, they represent um, one of the greatest music purveyors to come out of the state of Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I would agree with that. He's an Ohio Music Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Um, he went by the name of DJ Prism. I had the honor to work with him on my first solo EP, yeah, I believe. Solo, that's right, yeah. After this, I holler on everything I love. The name of the joint was Sasquatch Feet. Oh, God, man. Jesus. <laughs> what a, a joint. I think I still have the, the MPC discs there's from a, Prism floating man, around here somewhere. There's a video for that song. There's a video for it. Shot by John Doe. Shot by me. <laughs> and you know what? The only copy that exists is on the internet because I lost that That's motherfucker right. after I edited it together. <laughs> um, I've never met Prism. Um, and the way we connected on that joint, I don't think either one of us was ready I, for I don't that. Think so I only heard stories about his reaction to the joint. Um, never well, talked to him on the phone, none of that. So I, I'm I'm honored tonight. This is um, a special night. This is this is a special night, and my my glass is extra heavy tonight too because of uh, the the specialness involved tonight. Yes, sir. Um, but we got we got Philly Phil on the line. Word. And we got we my got man Eclipse from, Spitball. Eclipse from Spitball on the line representing for DJ Prism tonight. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling, chilling. Thanks for coming through, man. We appreciate y'all. Oh, yeah, man. It's good to, good to come through, man. You know, this is actually this is our first interview, you know, talking about our man DJ Prism and uh, okay. promoting this new album that we just, that we just put out, so... You know, I'm honored to be on y'all radio show. You know, y'all been doing it for a minute. Yeah, well, Honor. it's only right that y'all doing it with us, man, because, man, that fucking, like, I, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I I didn't get to meet the brother, but he sent them beats through, and I hopped <laughs> on that motherfucker like like no other, man. And uh, like I said, I only, I only heard stories of his response to it. I don't know if y'all got a backstory on that or not. I don't even know if y'all heard the joint or not, but... uh. But was was anybody? Go no, ahead. I, 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 I heard the joint, but uh-huh. it's, actually, it was my first time knowing it. Like we had talked before, you know. It's my first time knowing that you even done the track. So I checked oh, it out. Okay. You know, it was off the hook. You know, typical Word. prism. You know, typical yeah, prism, right. man. We we knocking down doors. And man, <laughs> we didn't know what kind of shit prism was on when we heard that beat, man. It was like, who is this dude, man? Like, yeah, I know. Man, I think my I, I think I, I'm trying to think how we connected, Phil. Like, I think what well, didn't we play one of the prism joints that y'all let out, and then you 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 found us on SoundCloud somehow? Like, how did we end up connecting? I can't remember what the backstory is. I I, I was just doing some research of people who had worked with Prism, you know, d- doing different searches, and I seen that you guys had played some of uh, some of his early work. Right. On one of y'all shows, like I, it was a one. You, I got y'all song list of what, what y'all played yeah. at, you know, during whatever show it was. Mm-hmm. So then I see y'all was playing prison stuff. I was like, well, let me holler at these cats, you know, see what it's about. Yeah, Word. yeah. Know? Actually, that's how I found a lot of people, you know, because prison worked with so many people. I mean, Spitball was his main thing, but he worked with so many people, just like you. Right. You know, you got to do some research to find them, man. And everybody that I talked to so far, man, they. Everybody got the same opinion. Nobody makes beats like him. Nah, 
One of a kind, man. So, so Phil, can you can you guys um, in Eclipse? Can you guys level set with us on your relationship with the Prism, and just kind of let everybody know how far you go back with him and what you're doing to make sure his legacy, you know, continues to live on now. Go ahead, Eclipse. Ask that one, man. Me and this dude go way back. Like we we went to school together. Like it's fun. Both we're both from Detroit, but we mm. met each other in college in Pittsburgh. Okay, and, uh, that's when we kind of first met each other and we kind of first rhyming together and, and and stuff. And you know, I was I kicked it hard with this dude, like him, and it was just a bunch of us. You know, what I mean, we went by uh, a crew named uh, Infantry. We, we just used to throw parties and shit up there, man. But um, Prism was always, he was always on some shit, man. Always, and he uh. Once he got a hold of a, he got his first beat machine. I forget what kind of machine it was, but it was just a little simple, basic ass machine, man. But he, man, he worked that motherfucker, man. He made that, he made some crazy beats with just that little simple machine, man. And that was, that was it. Once he got that, man, he was hooked, okay. and he just started, he just started making crazy beats, and we just kind of just stuck with him. We was always there, like something we rap to it, you know. I mean. chamber smoking in the bathroom and shit. The hot water <laughs> with the little karaoke machine him and his beats and stuff and we'd just be up in there like this was like in the dorms of our college or whatever. Oh we'd shit. Freestyle with the red light on and the shower hot, hot water shower just smoking and, and, and just and just rhyming man. It was it was on some shit man and just uh man, we just did that and once we uh left Pittsburgh we uh, Graduated from Pittsburgh, and he uh, he came with us, and we we decided to Ohio to kind of. Yo, Eclipse. Um, yeah, Eclipse. You're breaking up kind yeah. of bad, man. Uh-huh. You're in a bad spot. What's going on? Oh, yeah, my bad. Might, might be your, if, might be your headset. If if you're on a headset, if you could take uh, if you could take your headset off and just use the use the phone, that would be. Helpful. Nah, I'm using the speaker phone. Okay, is, is that cool? Yeah, that's better. Is that better? Yeah. All right, I was in a pot, like probably in a little pocket of the house. Okay, but, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we just moved to, uh, we moved to Ohio to pursue the whole music thing. We got out here. Prism got a, he, that's when he got his MPC. Once he got his MPC, it was over, man. <laughs> it was over. He uh, started making, started making some crazy beats. Yeah, uh, he managed to get a whole. Uh, what was that a 16 track and we just started recording stuff okay and then performing out here man and it was it was crazy we had a little, little spot called Bernie's out here that we used to hit up and, and we used to perform at those performances and, and everything man. we linked up with a bunch of cats out here and that's you know the spit came from that man we just it was nuts you know the spitball album dropped and we had like I don't know. It seemed like like twenty dudes on that mug, but <laughs> that sounds about right. The whole album was dope, and yeah, Cat was loving it. So you know, we just kept our thing out here, and Prism was just Prism's always been on some shit, man. Always, he he just he he was never like I've known a couple cats that made beat stuff and just never mm. approached the whole beat making process like he did, and it's. So he anything, man. Yeah, he'd be so, sitting there, he'd be watching stories and stuff, and like, 
watching like uh what's that story uh Watching soap operas and shit, like sampling <laughs> yeah. soap operas and putting them into the beat. Like he was doing some crazy shit, man. Yeah, so it's it's funny you say that, Eclipse, because um, I when we got the beat for Sasquatch feed, I had to borrow somebody's MP. No, 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 no. Pocket actually, DJ Pocket helped me transfer that beat to my 1680. Mm. So I went over to Pockets, or Pockets mm. came over and brought his MP. And, you know, he put it in and, like, you know, laid it off. And it was the first time that I actually got to hear the samples without the drums. Separated. Yeah. Separated, right? Yeah, you know, because we're, we're tracking it out, right? And so I heard the sample and all the different parts and shit from the, from the beat. And I was like, man, what the fuck? Is, what is going on here? So, so you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not an MP guy, right? Like, so I, I learned how to make beats on an, on an EPS 16 plus, right? That was my first sample. So I'm not an MP guy. I'm not an MP guy. So I'm trying to, I'm like, Pocket, what is going on here? And he's like, and so like Pocket started kind of like fooling around on the MP and was like, oh, okay, well, it's, this is just pitched down like severely. And like, when I say severely, it was like, it was pitched down like, negative 75 or something <laughs> some shit like that and he played me yo he played me the original sample dude and i almost fell out of my fucking chair i'm like i, I think i may have even called you and said yeah, or you, something yeah I, I remember you said yo this yo this I'm beat like, yo, prism this, sent you is on some stupid is on. he's like you're gonna have to come with it <laughs> on this shit because he on some next shit and the first time i heard the motherfucker i was like it's so spooky. I'm like, I don't even know how to approach this shit. <laughs> but man, I'm gonna tell you, we uh, that that's that's definitely uh, a highlight for me from from that album. Um, and uh, definitely, um, I I remember a couple of years ago, I was putting a set list together for a show, and I um, I tweeted out or I put some shit on Facebook, like taking performance suggestions or show or song suggestions for the show I got coming up. And it was about 10 people that told me, yo, man, you need to do Sasquatch feet. No worries. Yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yo, Prism was that dude, hands yeah. down. Absolutely. Um, so Eclipse was, was so, so his his production style was always kind of unorthodox like that, right? Oh, man, yeah. It was always nuts. He was always, like, he had a beat on that he made using, he sampled a porno. <laughs> sampled this chick, <laughs> And put it into this beat like you would have never have known unless you heard it without the beat like without the without the drums and everything you would have never have known just right that. he was always doing that like he used to sit his his little setup it's crazy how he had his little setup it was just like some house you know got his back to the corner had his npc he has it plugged into the tv so sample stuff right off the tv oh or shit directly off the radio he would just sample whatever. Like he had, he would like just turn the sampler on and just sample for like thirty minutes, and just go in there and just like go into that little thirty minute sample and just pull things out and just create beats out of those little things. Man, he was, he was always crazy like that, man. That's yeah. crazy. That's uh... yo, Phil. When did when did you come on the scene as far as um dealing with Prism and, and the Spitball Crew? Uh, well, it was the early two thousands. I moved to Columbus. Like for a year, mm-hmm. so I was over, I was over there digging in seeds where it was record little record store, Jimmy, and 
prison walker, and he got his little backpack on. Actually, that was when he was back and forth, going back and forth from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. Okay. So I was in there, I was in there digging, and uh, the owner was like, "Yo, man, you need to meet this cat," because I've been in there shopping for a while and telling what I was doing, and I was new in Columbus. You know, I just came from the Cincinnati scene. You know. Okay. So he was like, "Man, you need to meet this cat, DJ Prism," and he just. We was talking about him. He walked in the door. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? I'm going <laughs> yeah, to this like... catch his bus. <laughs> yeah, his backpack on, the ye- a yellow polo jacket he used to have and shit. He's like, I know Pittsburgh, I'll holler at you when you get back. And I didn't see him again for another, like, year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so then I started I start going to their hip-hop nights on Sunday night. He's like, oh, yeah, Philly, man. Come on, let me tell you something. So he said, look, I got all this music, man. What? You know, I, I need. I got some ideas I want to execute. So then I started just going down to hip hop nights, just hanging out. I was like, "Would you mind if I record some of these shows?" He's like, "Yes, I got, I got a bunch. Actually, I'm looking for an eight track cassette, one of them Yamaha MT8 jammies, oh, yeah. so I can play them back to see what I got. I got <laughs> literally twenty cassettes of shows and them DJing. Oh man, that oh, I can't shit. even really listen to. So I, he was like, "Yeah, just record them, see what we come up with." So I was just recording live stuff, and then I would visit them during the day. Like, they would record, like, Eclipse, Brood, all them cats. They were recording all night, wherever they was at. And during the day, he would be in his house practicing and listening to TV. And so I would come over during lunchtime, two or three hours. I don't know who had two or three-hour lunch break, but I did. And, <laughs> and we, would, we would just sit around, like, listen to this, listen to this. And then we would just sit around and talk, and he's like, Man, I'm gonna have a vinyl album one day. We go, we gotta get us a record deal, and you know, he's like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a DJ." So we start talking about house parties. Mm-hmm. So he would talk about in Detroit house parties, and then we all talk about Ohio, you know, dating house parties, and we all had, you know, we had a lot in common. You know how we approached, how we felt about DJing, and how we approach entertaining crowds and MCs. So we would just—I never had really had a say about the music, but I always, you know, he was like, "What do you think about this?" and he, I don't think he ever changed anything, but I think really we was just getting perspective on what we did because I was in, you know, I was doing music business, right, uh, in Cincinnati, working with a bunch of cats in pop music, and then I went worked in rock music. Yeah, so you sent uh, you sent over you sent over your resume, man. Um, it's extensive, man. Um, we'll get into that later, but it's yeah, extensive. I was yeah I was looking at uh at some of the work you've done in the past, man. Like you uh. You 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 something like a phenomenon, man. Well, I mean, I uh, you know I've been DJing since like '78, since I was like eight years old. You wow. know, Dang. DJing DJing uh, church parties and shit. <laughs> you always won then. So then I, <laughs> you know, I've been I've been around for a minute, man. I've done a lot of different things, man. Okay, you know, I I just been lucky to be able to keep my foot in the music industry in Prism. Gave me the first opportunity, really, to work in hip hop. He was like, "Yo, you know, if you can take this music." and try to get us a deal or something, you know, whatever opportunities we got, can you try to work something out? I was like, well, yeah, I'll do whatever I can. So then the other DJ, Pos 2, got a connection saying the silent records up in Detroit might want to want to give us a deal. Okay. So we, so, so Prism told me like, yo, man, I got this opportunity. This cat's calling me. Can we go up and check it out? I was like, yeah, when you got to do, what we got to do it all oh, Wednesday. And is it 9, 9 p.m.? I like, well, shit, I don't get off work till 6. So I just took the company truck, 
went and picked them up, and we drove to Detroit. <laughs> got there at 9 o'clock. And, of course, like any, any, any label appointment, they make you wait two hours. Of course. So, <laughs> so you sitting there and finally get to talk to the cat, and, and you know, we get the – I get the paperwork, we read it, we do some negotiating. I told him we'd be back in another week or two. And, you know, I was able to execute the deal to get, got our first, you know, as Spitball, our first, uh, you know, our first records out. Okay. So he gave me the, you know, he passed the ball to me. He's like, yo, what what can you do with this? And he gave me the opportunity to re- execute a lot of things I had learned, you know, working with these other people to, uh, you know, to push push football forward a lot of cats didn't even know me really because I, I was around during the day right. it was around at night recording i never i wasn't in a lot of recording sessions clips to tell you that yeah but i you know i was around during the day you know executing you know he would just tell me his ideas yeah like i want to do this and you and would turn it into business draw and yeah he's like yeah you know so then i was like all right and that's what this album is it's just another uh you know another idea that he wanted to execute you know that's what's up he always wanted a 12-inch album of his work, so I always told him, you know, when you pass away, he gave me all his music, like, yo, put it out. And, you know, I'm just still, like back then, I'm executing his ideas. That's what's up. That's yeah. dope. That is dope. That's dope. So, uh, so Phil and Eclipse, you guys, I guess kind of around this time, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a native Kentuckian. Meeks is from Memphis. So we were kind of loosely in and out of, you know, the Ohio scene you know, kind of during, I guess, what my my kind of you know college days. So, like in the you know in the mid to late nineties, early two thousands, yeah, we scribble a couple of times. Yeah, we went to a scribble a couple of times, and you know, I knew okay. a couple of the hobos, and you know, I mean, Cincinnati especially, you know, has a you know special place in my heart for a number of reasons. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm from the middle of fucking nowhere, Kentucky, so that was the closest place we could go see a, any sort of professional sports game. Was uh was in Cincinnati, so I was a Bengals fan and a Reds right. fan growing up and all that. Anyway, but th- this this particular time that you know Prism and the Columbus scene and the Cincinnati scene, like with you know Mood and you know you know Jay Sands yeah. and quality, you know that 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 was a pretty special time, you know, in hip hop in that yeah, area right. of the country. Like what what can you guys tell us about that time? Or I mean, because you were both in the middle of it. Like I, you know, well, yeah, the cat, well, the cast that ran it, the one cat owned a skateboard shop, and the other one, you know, the Animal Crackers was a part of it, uh, the DJ crew. So then, yeah. when I started, I was DJing. Uh, actually, in two thousand, I was DJing a, a weekly around the corner from their weekly, and it took us about a year to, you know, we they hear about me, they come to my sets, I hear about them, I come to their sets. For well, about a year, I went back and forth, and I finally hooked up with him. So when I hooked up with him, I started getting inside to what, you know, like mood, like all them cats you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right. Starts meeting them, going to the studio with them, you know, spending parties with them. So then I was able to get into the scribble jam scene, like what you was talking about. Right. So instead of just coming in as a person not knowing nobody, I already had credentials from another cat. So I was instantly, as soon as I started going to scribble, you know, I was already in, never had to pay for nothing, you know, set up everything. Sure. It was all gravy. So then when I started working with Prism, I was able to get, um, they got a song on 2000, I want to say 2004 Scribble. There's a double DVD CD. They got a song on there called Dude. Yeah. So I was able to get a song on there for them. And then they, they, they y'all performed that year too. 
that same year. So, you know, I was able to execute that and get them out there. And, you know, we just just trying to get – at the time, we just trying to push the idea forward, you know. You know, like yeah, all upcoming groups and whatever, man, trying to get more shows. And, right. You know, we did manage to do a lot of shows in different places, Louisville, yeah. a lot of Southern Ohio. Yeah. You know, all over. So it was – um. It was a real moving time because, you know, Columbus was getting all kind of love with all the other cats that was coming. And right. Spitball was supposed to be the next group to, you know, to break out after, you know, RJ and Blueprint, Copy, mm, you right. know, uh, Camus, all them cats, you know. Right. So then we, with that small with that small deal we had, we were thinking we'd be able to push to a bigger deal, you know. And, uh, you know, that didn't, that didn't particularly happen. But the legacy that he left before he passed away with all the work, you know, spitball did Eclipse. We got fans all over the world, you know. That's oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so Eclipse, were, were you going back and forth to, like, what, what what was the scene like in Columbus? And, like, how did you guys kind of interact, and you know, with what was going on in Cincy? Was, like, was there synergy there, or were the scenes really kind of, auto, you know, kind of autonomous and independent of one another? Well, I mean, like, the, the scenes were – it's kind of hard for me to say, truthfully, because at that time, I was, like, doing a whole lot. Was, like, working two jobs, was going to school, and, like, hang out and, like, you know, record all the time and, and do shows. It was kind of, like, all over the place. Prison was, like, really heavy into uh, Brew was, you know, Brew was the thing. You know, a lot of these other cats go on tour and go these shows, but I was, like, going to, you know, one every now and then, you know what I mean? Like gotcha. when I could squeeze the time in, you know, when I could get loose from work or get loose from school or whatever to go. But I think I went to maybe like one or two school jams and stuff. I performed in Cincinnati a couple of times. I think from what I remember about that scene and that time, it's just, I thought it was a lot of synergy going on. You know what I mean? I, you know, <clears throat> there was a lot of cats from Cincinnati come up here and, and record and come to see prison and record with us and we go down there. So, you know, I'd, I'd have to say there was a lot of synergy going on. You, you know, this is just meshing and, and, and hooking up and just making music. And right. That's dope. Like that. Prison was always making them connections, you know. And I'd, I'd go over there just like every other time i go over there, it'd be, you know, three new cats. Uh, <laughs> this is this dude. This is this dude. Record. Oh, all right. Let's do it. Yeah. What's up? Yo, now you fast forward a little bit, and um, and 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 part of the reason why we talking talking to each other tonight is uh, the new project at hand. Um, definitely been sitting with the records for a minute, and and shit is as as wild as ever. Um, <laughs> uh, just talk yeah. about that a little bit. Talk about about the project at hand right now, and what's going on with it. What's the response been like, and um, 
What what's the plans for it? Well, uh, well, lab tips came from uh, Brew. Brew came from New York and brought me three cassette tapes from one of his from from one of his old roommates. He was like, "Philly man, check this out." You know, there's a bunch of stuff I heard. Some of it I recognize. Some of it I don't. Like like Eclipse said, I mean, they recorded all the time. They didn't even know half the time they'd be spitting. You didn't know where the prison was recording. Prison recorded everything, and somehow or another, he would squeeze all of that into a track. So then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got these cassettes. You can right, yeah. You got to be careful because prison was constantly recording, man. Constantly, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I got these. So I got these cassettes, and I checked them out. And I already had. I put out lab tips. I call it lab tips because you know we're still under contract with that old contract. But I can't call it spitball. It can't be a spitball hour because they own it. So I oh flip really? It. That's why I call it lab tips. Oh. That's why it's called Lab Tips. It's, it's spitball spelled backwards. And actually, yeah. it's a song called that somewhere out there. Right. But, um. Damn, so, so y'all, are, y'all are still roped up in that contract, really. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah man. But but actually, I, I, I went to Detroit and talked with the owner. He's like, man, you can do whatever you want. You know, whatever. I, you know, I got, I got I, any of the 12 inch that he gave me. I'm sure he's holding something, but he gave them to me. He's like, do whatever you want, but I know if I put spitball, if it's just spitball, I know some shit gonna happen. So right. <laughs> I'm just right. gonna go ahead and call the lab tips and DJ Prism, and he can't fuck with me, you know. So right, I left it at that. Well, we did. We in good rapport. I ain't gonna say it's negative. We in good rapport. I kicked it with his family and shit, so it's all good. He ain't never really kept me from doing nothing, you know. But I know what the legal ramifications if you, somebody decided to do something. So I just call it lab tips. Leave it at that. Right. <laughs> So, so I took these cassettes, man, and, you know, went through the tracks and, you know, it was, I whittled it down from probably 23 songs. So not only do I got the album that I was going to put out that never been released, that he, the last set of music that he was working on before he passed away, the first part was Lab Tips I put out in 2007. And this and I got a whole nother album that I hadn't even put out, but I got these cassettes first. So I was like, let me put out these cassettes, which is a collection of like unreleased material. Some of it is uh, from the early street release albums. Okay. And so it's like maybe three or four songs you might have heard. The rest of them are all just unreleased tracks. And so I said, this is going to be a good way to let people know that Spitball and DJ Prism is still putting out stuff without putting out them them rare jewels you right. know i'm putting out some classic jewels and then that next one gonna be like you know it's gonna be the rare jewels you know right so, so Phil, that's, how that, that's how that came about so this is volume three right that just came out well back in the back in the i called it volume three because it, i called it volume three because volume two ain't came out yet <laughs> volume two is the original is the is the rare rare jewels which is supposed to come out after lab tips so i say well shit if i do that then it's not gonna be true what's going on so i call it lab tips three <laughs> you know it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of story that just like how prison used to do it's a lot going on so then when i'm presenting these ideas how prison was he like put a story in a story and then put another story in that story so it's like you drawing people into it not just the music but you draw people to the concepts of what's going on, you know, give somebody something to research and, you know, some more for people to grasp on. You know, Prism always told me, give more than what they pay for. 
They, they pay $10, give him a $20 show. They pay 20 yeah. give him a $40 show. That's what he always would tell me. He's like, it, 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 you can hear it in his lyrics. He said, I give him more than what they paid at the door for. And that was always his thing. He's like, I'm fucking, they're going to go crazy tonight because I want to give them more than what they expected. So hmm. that's, uh, that's just one of our things we always made sure we did. We needed to hear that tonight. <laughs> we didn't need to hear that. <laughs> For real. So, Phil, this is uh, this is available only on vinyl, right? Or no? It's avail- it'll be available April 15th on all your download and streaming, you know, uh, sites and, and uh, apps. You know, it's going through uh, CD Baby as far as the distribution, but you can get it on CD Baby. It'll be on everything here come April 15th. And the vinyl is only digital and vinyl. There's no CD copies, but CDs will be coming out soon. You know, because, you know, people say CDs dying, but, you know, people still buy a lot of CDs. You got to remember it's a world market, not just U.S. market. Oh, absolutely. That's correct. You know, the young cat, the young a lot of young people I run into, like, I don't even own a CD player, you know. So, so then you got, you know, you got to be able to move with the market as well. But, uh, you right. know, when you get out of the United States, people still buying a lot of, you know, a lot of CDs. So you got to be able to cover all the avenues. And with this release, are there any, um, are there any reunions scheduled? Any shows coming up? Um, is, is spitball talking um, to each other? Uh, Eclipse, you can answer that. Okay. I'm sorry. What, what's the, what's the question again? I was asking with the release of this, of this vinyl, is there any, is there any talks of, um, cats coming back together and doing some shows maybe, um, to, to help promote the album or anything like that? You know, like, like before, you know, prison, before prison died, I kind of like got out of the seat because I, I had a lot going on. Hey, hey, Eclipse! Life. I'm sorry, Eclipse. To, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're you're breaking up again pretty bad. If I, I don't know if there's a way you could take yourself off speakerphone or maybe get in a better spot somewhere, but that would be helpful. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, still breaking up. Hello. Still yeah. Up. You hear me now? Yeah. That yes, sounds that's good. that sounds good. Yeah, that's better. All right. Yeah, my bad. Perfect. No, no, no worries. And, uh, no internet in my house. So. <clears throat> no, it's uh, fine. So you you were saying that uh, you were saying you you kind of you you were kind of out of the scene for a little while. I guess what after prison passed or yeah, I had a, yeah right. You know, right before he passed and, and, and after he passed, going through some stuff, trying to get my situation straight. And uh, I kind of stopped just stopped doing stuff for a little bit. You know what I mean? And you know, I just was handling my business. I you know had two kids, had a kid. And then I had another kid, you know, so <laughs> you know, I was trying to make sure good. So I kind of got out of the scene and couldn't be hanging around drinking and recording as much as, you know, we used to. So I had to work and, and do stuff. So um, I got out of it for a while, you know what I mean? And I kind of fell off. Um, but, you know, lately, as of late, you know, feeling it, you know what I mean? And seeing a lot of these tests on on the radio now and all this, this, this garbage that's out right now, man, I, I gotta, I feel like I gotta come back in there, man. Cause we can't leave hip hop going out like this. You know what I mean? I, I know there's a lot of cats out there. And, you know, I've been listening to the podcast and 
you know, you guys are you guys are keeping it all. That's that's what's up. You know what I mean? So I'm down to do some reunion shit, and I know Brew is always down to record. So I mean, it's really about getting us together. We in we in two different sides of the country right now. Brew Brew is out in California, and I'm over here in Ohio. So I mean, it's really about us just getting together and, and doing some stuff. But I'm always down. I'm down now, and you know, I'm down to do some shit and. As far as the cast in Ohio that we used to run with, got to do that shit too, man. I just, I just need to link up with cats. I know I've been out of the game for a minute and I kind of been low key, but I'm saying it right here on, <laughs> on Vanguard. So right. I'm open. I'm down to do it. You know yeah, yeah. I mean? the time it might be prime for that, man. So yeah, see that through if you can, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Brew Brew never stopped performing, so he's been. Performing, he's put out a few projects, you know, over the past few years. Even did a little short movie, and so Bruce out in Sacramento, he's doing this thing out there. So he's he'll be ready. We uh we plan on trying to get something together. You know, we're gonna sell a few more of these albums. I'm trying to find out, you know, where our demographic is. Okay. You know where where we can play at and where the record is selling right now. I've sent more records to South America, Colombia, and Brazil than anywhere else right now. Believe it or really? not, really. That's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've sent a, I've sent a few to New York, and you know I said just sent some albums out to Cali, down San Diego, and up hmm. in San Francisco. So, you know the, the momentum's building. But I've I've sent more records out, out to South America than anywhere. So I think you know I might I'm trying to pursue maybe us going down going down to South America. If there's somebody gonna fit the bill, we're gonna we're gonna Give more than what they pay for, you know. Let's go. Let's go to Brazil. Let's go to Brazil, Phil. I'm with you. Y'all need a DJ. Let's go. Let's go. I went out there with Boosie, man. I tell you what, I'm ready to go back. It's off the hook, baby. Carnival time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great, man. It's great, and it, you know, if the music takes us there, man, I, you know, we'd be blessed to do it. You know, that's what's up, Phil. Who did you say you went down there with? Bootsy Collins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, talk to us a little Bootsy bit Collins, about that. I, yeah, talk to us a yeah, little. Yeah, I, I was Bootsy Collins' uh, personal valet and, and uh, assistant tour manager for like two and a half years, three years, something like that. Wow! wow. Now, how did you find yourself in that position? Actually, the, the same connection, you know, that we all started this with. Uh, one of the cats, uh, the sound engineer from the Animal Crackers, is Bootsy's head sound engineer. So when uh. he decided he was going to put, they put out a new album. I don't know, it's like 2010. That's the uh, funk capital of the world, I think it was called. Yeah. But they, he had, he's put together a new crew. He's like, yo, Philly, you know, he was the first, I was the first person he called. He said, anyway, it's like, yo, you want to go out on tour? It's like, what am I do? He's like, just come bring your expertise and we'll find a place for you. So I ended up being the keyboard tech the first time we went out, went out for about a six month run, eight month run. So I, every night I got to set up and, I got to set up and watch Bernard Rorel play play keyboard solos every night. That was crazy. Ooh man, wow! So, so, <laughs> so Phil, Phil, what, so what then, year was and this? Then, so the next, so the next year and a half, I end up being his personal valet and the tour assistant, which was a much more intense job than just being, you know, uh, being the keyboard tech because you know you when you're right next to him, I'm next to him every day, and it was pretty wild. Dang. But you know. But Boosie, you know, he's the boss, man. He's he, he about to put out a new album, matter of fact. So it's, it's all love, you know, in that funk world, man. That's what's Whole up. Whole different game, ball game. 
What, yeah, what year so, are we talking about here, Phil? Huh? What year is we talking about you you running around with boots? Uh, 2010, 2010, about 2013. Wow. 2000, middle of 2014, and my son was graduating high school, so I took that. I, I stepped I stepped back from touring the watch him grow up and do his senior year in high school without having to go on the road every other month or so, you know. That's dope. Now so you said I um back from there and that's that's a good way that's a good way to leave the situation. You don't you don't want to leave you want to leave under your own circumstances. Oh absolutely. Sure. Now you said uh, you said prison was responsible for giving your giving you your first shot in hip hop. How were you able to take um, some of your previous experience, you know, in the in the world of uh, R and B or funk or or rock, onto the to to the hip hop scene. Well, I mean, the business is the business is the same, right? You know, you, the copyright publishing and all that. But once that once you finish all that, and once you do that, and if it's right, there is no rules after that. So then all the stuff that I learned being around the Rock Cats, you know, the, I did a promotion for a, for a Top 40 album, call the radio station to figure out what was what, where our demographic is, where can we go play, where are our records selling at more, you know, how to negotiate contracts and stuff like that. I learned all that, you know, working with the Rock and Roll Cats, working a Top 40 album, working in these studios that did not only do rap, they did you know, commercials and radio commercials, TV commercials, sound for all kind of stuff. So then it really gave me a rounded base. So when Prism asked me to do it, I just pretty much used the same techniques that I learned working in the other genres and okay. just applied it to, you know, applied it to, you know, the Prism's work. It really is about getting opportunity. You can work at a label and get opportunity, but when you're working directly with a person, you know, it's a lot more, it's a lot more stripped down because, you, like, when you're working on, with a label and you work with the artist, you don't never see the artist. So right. what you're doing is it could just be, you know, you could just file it off. Yeah, I filled out this paper. Here it goes. Back that paper. What are you working with? Close to me in prison used to work. And one thing about prison, he never liked the copyright. So I ain't copyright my music. I said, man, we got a copyright before I can go to the next step. I ain't copyright. <laughs> and he said that in it. He said that in his lyrics. He said, he said, go ahead and try to copy me. He said, I don't copyright it on purpose. Uh, and I tried to talk him into that. And, he, and you know, he never did. Wow. He never did. Well, he, he had a thing about he didn't trust record labels and stuff. Even when we went to negotiate with Silent Records, uh, he sat in another room. Uh, he wasn't even in, in there. You know, it, yeah, he sat in the other room. He's like, yeah, he sat there and listened from the other room when we was talking. And I came back to him, and he would tell me what he wanted, what he liked, didn't like. <laughs> so I go back in the room, and, <laughs> and that's how, that, that went on for like four hours. Man, I'm telling you, I would have loved, <laughs> I would have loved yeah, to bet this dude, thing, man. You know, man. So uh, that that sort of with that attitude, and when you truly trying to push it to you know, the next level, it was challenging. But so I, I had to find people that was willing to work with me without all of these typical things to have in right. place before they would work with you. Right. You know, but it, it was a challenge. <laughs> and I was, he, was, he was like my homie. We was brothers, man. We kicked it all That's the time. Dope. Well, yo, that leads me to ask you, know, you this. Like, you you messed around with other types of music and everything. And, you, you know, the business is the same, like you said, and I agree. 
What's the one thing about hip hop that separates it from, from your perspective? What was the one thing about hip hop that that was like a um, a wild card for you? Like I wasn't expecting this, or I didn't even think you know you could do this uh, uh, with this type of music, or something that just kind of came think, out of left field at you. Um. The fact that rap budgets was always lower than rock and roll and pop budgets. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. No matter how, no matter even today, no matter how, if, if, no matter how much that cat, if he's on a major, even if he's on a on an independent, if it's an independent hip hop independent, then they break it down. But by policy, by policy, there was no rap thing was going to make more, going to get a budget bigger than those other genres. Hmm. I don't know if it's like that now. It might be, might not, but that's it how it probably is. It probably so is. Then when I was working in the pop, when I was working in rock and pop, you know, a new group, the new group that I was working, that we was putting out, you know, they got a $3 million budget and didn't even have a record out. <laughs> so then the same label had, uh, I really can't say names because, you know, I really ain't like that. All right. So then the other group that was on the same label, they got like a $75,000 budget, but that group was bigger than the, than the rock group that never even had a hit. Right. But it don't matter. It's like by policy, rap wasn't going to get a bigger budget than any of these other genres, but, and we're going to see what happened. That was the, and we're going to see what happened. It's a fad, it's a fad, it's a fad, it's a fad. But then, you know, as things come along, I think things have gotten better. I haven't worked in a major industry in a while, so you know, whatever deals they cutting, they cutting, but I know how it was back then. Got you. And, you know, hip-hop, and, and, you know, I grew up with hip-hop, you know. I brought hip-hop to the, you know, underground when I was growing up. So, you know, it's like I wanted to get the best thing I could for whatever opportunities we had come up, you know. And we did get a, we did get a good deal with Silent, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. But then as I did my, as it went on, and I learned more and more about the situation with silent, I, you know, it's sort of, I see how it happened like that. You know, that we weren't the only person, you know, that, that things didn't go as well as it could have, but I think it went as good as we could have, it could have went. I still blessed for the opportunity. It wasn't nothing negative. Like I said, I kick it with him. You know, I know his family. So it ain't, it oh, ain't yeah. a big thing about whether we had a bad contract. I think it was more like we had an opportunity to do more. Like we didn't, if we didn't have that, we would, we might not have had anything out just because of the timing of when Prism got sick. We might not have never yeah. been able to put nothing out on like a, uh, you know, an independent label, major, whatever. We might all we might have been stuck with a street release, right? So right, right. you know, you know, I'm blessed for what we what we had and opportunities that we had. I, I pretty much think we made the best out of it. I think maybe as we was going along, I think I think we could have got out more. A lot. Of, it was a lot of. I. The thing is, maybe Eclipse can talk to this more. I wasn't really on the group side to where I was involved with their daily, you know, gripes, complaints, happiness, failures, whatever. As far as how the group was being ran, I didn't run. I like. I worked directly with Prism, so I wasn't always in that. Yeah. When now that I look back on it, maybe, Prism, maybe me and Prism should have said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna introduce you as." you know, my manager, which I was, but 
I wasn't really like that. I was just like a cat that always showed up. You know, I was on stage talking to him, and I'd be standing on the side. And at the end of the night, we, you know, I say, hey, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and I'll leave. And everybody looked like, well, who was that guy that just left? Mm. That's sort of how our relationship was. Mm. But now I look back yeah. on it, maybe it, it would have, maybe it would have stabilized the group to where we could move forward together. That's what's up. That, that's probably been my only regret as far as how that whole thing ended up, you know, come, uh, turning out. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I don't remember. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eclipse. I think that, you know, we could have been a lot more organized than we were. You know what I mean? We was just we was just for the ride. You know what I mean? We were just riding it out and having fun and whatever. You know, Prism had his mind focused on 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 the end game, but a lot of the a lot of the other dudes, including myself at some times, I mean, we didn't have our eyes focused on the end game. It was just we was riding out that wave mm. the way it was right then and there, you know what I mean? It just, you know, it just lifted up, you know what I mean? And I think I started to, like, feel like we should have been a little bit more organized. Everybody else was just kind of like, fuck it. You know what I mean? This is what, this is how we do it now, you know what I mean? And, like, this is this is the way we do it, and this is what everybody loves, so this is the way we're going to do it, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know. It's just things that I don't think we were all – on the same page at the same time. Gotcha. We were all, you know, when I got on the same page, it was way after the fact. Or, you know, when Prism was on that page, he was way before everybody else. Gotcha. You know I mean, so we were never on the same page at the same time. So <clears throat> things just didn't work out the way that they should have. Gotcha. Yeah, you guys, yeah, when, I kind of feel like when you guys were, or, or when, when Prism kind of finally started to get, you know, some burn and, <clears throat> the Camu joint dropped on Def Jux, and you know you got Columbus really started to get a lot of light with RJ and all that. Was uh, in my opinion, that's when the music industry really kind of started to eat itself a little bit. I, I think a little bit of it. You can always kind of chalk up things to being young and not being focused and whatnot. But I mean, that was a. I think if you look back on you know the history of music and you know the business part of it. You know, I mean, that was a really odd time in music. I mean, Def Jux folded shortly after, you know, a lot of the folks in Columbus, at least in my opinion, started to really get some burn, and RJ kind of started to get big. And, you know, you guys were, you know, hit pretty hard with Prism's death and Camus' death. It was just a it was just a weird time, man. I just think the timing wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't kind of play out in your guys' favor, too. You know, there, there's so many moving parts when it comes to, "Quote unquote success." Um, it's just kind of hard to hard to say what was you know what 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 would have actually fleshed out even if things had been cranking on all cylinders. You know. Yeah, I, agree. I think cats thought that you know. What I mean, at the time we were thinking we were going to be here forever. You know what I mean? Nobody mm. nobody was ready right. for Prism's death. Nobody was ready for Camus' death. You know what I mean? So yeah. Those big oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Like, well, yo, let me ask you. And just, let me ask you this. Um, um, I don't recall it being a big press run on the passing of Prism. Um, but I definitely remember when I heard the news, and it um, it definitely came a shock to me. Uh, Phil, I made mention. Uh, I heard you make mention to him getting sick, and uh, I guess he didn't recover mm-hmm. from that. What um. Can y'all talk about what what happened? Uh, um, how did how did he 
meet his untimely death? Yeah, uh, I can tell you. Go ahead, go ahead, Eclipse. I mean, from what I remember, what I recall, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. From what you know, what I remember and everything, I know one night we were all. It was one Sunday night. You know, we had came from Bernie's. We just left Bernie's and we got to Prism's house, and we're all up there kicking. Her and I guess Prism like just got up and walked out of the house for some reason. You know what I mean? And this girl ran out there to, to check on him. And come to find out, he left because all of a sudden he just lost control of the left side of his body, pretty mm. much. You know what I mean? Like, he had a stroke, basically. Mm. Um, so they had to run him to the hospital. And they ran him to the hospital. You know, they ran all those tests or whatever. And it turns out that his heart was like three times the normal size. Oh, wow. And yeah, he had he had that condition, and it was I mean, it was pretty bad. Apparently, he was gonna have to have uh, a heart transplant, and that was like the gist of it. You know what I mean? He he needed to have a heart transplant. They threw him on this list, and it started looking promising because I think he was he got bumped up on the list or something. He was supposed to move out. To, he moved out to California because he was supposed to be getting this transplant and it was out there it just kind of went downhill you know anybody that knows me know i i have a problem with doctors i think as soon as you go to the doctor that's when things get worse you know what i mean right. this is one of those this is one of those cases you know what i mean as soon as he went out there all of a sudden he's in a wheelchair or you know what i mean like one of those automatic automa- uh automatic wheelchairs or whatever he's out there and he's just getting worse and worse right and I guess he went in for some like routine surgery or something like that, and he never came out of there. Mm, and then wow. I got the call from Brew, and you know Brew was broke up about it. And he called and told me, and I'm just like, damn, you know, like yeah. what the hell? He was out there to get better, <laughs> and wow. now he's gone. You know what I mean? So shit was crazy. Man. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. The illest yeah. thing about that is, is that about the time that we got connected with Prism. And, and real quick, I gotta share. I gotta give a big, a big shout out because I think the re, the reason we got hooked up with Prism was through the homie Coop oh, at, a, at at HDZ. I think that's how we ended up getting hooked up with with, with Prism somehow through Scribble. But I th- makes if, if the mm-hmm. timeline is right, I think that he was a. If he if he was not already going through this around the time that we started working on your solo LP is probably around the time that he was his health issues are starting to crop up. But I mean, I know you didn't speak to him on the phone, you know, ever. But I spoke to him on the phone a couple of times, man. And I tell you what, I would have never known it. Wow. I mean, the guys, I I, I don't I, I don't know what you guys ever saw, but man, that, this guy's spirits were high every single time I talked to him, and every single email I got from him, this this guy was no, filled with nothing but positivity. So that's dope. Gotta be thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. He used All to the call time. me from Cali, and he used to be in his uh, he used to call me from Cali when he was like in that wheelchair, or whatever. I mean, what is it, a rascal or whatever it is? Oh you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He used to call me when he was like grocery shopping. He'd be talking about chicks that he was in the grocery store. I just remember thinking to myself, like, damn, this is going through all of this. And he's yeah. still the same dude. Still the same he's dude. Still, yeah. Thinking about myself, I probably would have been devastated. You know what I mean? Uh, scared but, out of your mind or something. Jokes and, yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. He's cracking jokes and everything, man. His, his spirits is always high. That's dope. No doubt. That's dope. So what's up, what's up with some unreleased beats, man? You, you got any? I mean, Phil, I know you got a bunch of shit in the in the can, like you know, spitball related and you know, group related. But I mean, what, what's up with a cachet of beats, man? Like, gonna have a beat tape drop anytime soon? Or actually, uh, I, I got I got a a beat tape that uh, that I put out a while ago. But actually, it was something that he had made for uh, Damon Dotson or so what they used to. He made this beat tape for him when he passed away. They both passed, like, was it five months apart, Eclipse? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I know him, Camus, and so what? Like, it was just like a... It was just yeah, a, they all passed, passed away. Passed like, his, Yeah, so then he made this big beat tape for one of the cats. I guess he did. One of the cats in Columbus that was part of Spitball. He used to do a lot of stuff. He just he made beats and everything, and he was a host. So he had made a beat tape for him. And that beat tape is something that I got out right now. Yeah, there's just it's something I just put I just put out. Yeah, some you know, and if it sells, sells. It don't, it don't. It's, it's something the prison wanted out when he had made it. So he sent that to me, and I got that. But then I also got you know I got a plethora of beats and stuff, raw beats. Some of them right. mixed down, some of them not. Uh, it's I wouldn't say it's million tracks, but I'll say it's probably about sure. twenty, thirty, forty tracks. Plus, we we got his equipment that we can't unlock. We got a bunch of projects on it, so it's you know it's stuff that we got. We got I got beats and stuff. Maybe I'll send y'all something to rock to. Or something. Oh yeah, man, we well, about to showcase them, man. Oh yeah. Sure. What what do you mean you you have his equipment is locked up, or what, what do you mean you can't get to him? What does that mean? Well, we well we have, we we got his. Uh, I think Brew got his NPC. Mm-hmm. And we do it. It's like his equipment ended up getting broke up in between a bunch of people when he passed away. Okay. Uh, okay. So then he had uh he had his recording, his recording uh, mixing board, and then he had his NPC. So then he had a keyboard, yeah, his Sonic keyboard. So he had a bunch of different keyboards and he had all this equipment. So and different pieces are all different things. So over the years we've try to mine some of that out of, out of the equipment. Some of the equipment we, we can get to work. Some of it we can't get to them. So it's, you know, I, I've, you know, always uh, getting other technicians to look into it, see if they can unlock flat, uh, drives. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a research into his mind almost to try wow. and get these pieces and see what he's doing, you know. You know, I got, got a stack of cards, you know, the, uh, the uh, HD uh, floppy disk jammy yeah. got a ton of them. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so you know, it, it, yeah. it's really you know, it's it, you know, it's just a labor of love at this point, man. You know, gotcha. just making sure this legacy, the cats, you know, Eclipse Brew, you know, them are two main cats, you know, and they, you know, I just do it for them. I do it for me. I do it for him, so he can. You know, because I know his music is unique. Like, when it, we, we was on a roll on the business side of it, he was like, man, this, these cats could be the next Wu-Tang. Absolutely. Well, you know like, what I was... The next yeah. that, that, on the business side, you know how cats are A&Rs and promotion cats and, you know, people who listen to music, taste makers. It's like, man, these cats could be the next Wu-Tang. That, that's what I was hearing from the label when he was shopping it to other people. Right. You know, because he was trying to find a, get a major deal as well with the, with the music. 
He was like, man, people think these these cats could be the next Wu Tang. Yeah, they they well, def- definitely could have been that next crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You listen to it, it's like you know that wordplay, mm. but the the beats, the beats. I mean, Wu Tang did it first with just they they unique style. So then you bring a next level. It's almost like a strip. Prism style is like a stripped down version of what you might hear from Wu Tang or some other cats in that in that style of uh, you know in, in that style of, of rap music. You know. Yeah, I was thinking so about you, it today. They, you think Wu Tang was stripped down? This is, is like Prism to me was even a more stripped down, harder version of that. Yeah, and with totally. the rap, they raps was just as good. They had punch. The punch lines was. I ain't gonna say one's better than the other. I ain't gonna say that. I'm just saying they compare. That's what they was telling. That's what I was getting from industry cats. They was telling me. That's what's up. I wasn't saying it. They were saying. It. Yeah, so I was. I was thinking I know about when this. They were saying it that it, it, it that it has legs. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, I was thinking about this today, and it, it may not be an exact parallel, but I was kind of thinking like, as far as today goes, like, and just knowing Prism and just kind of his personality and how you know what little I knew I knew of him. And the rest of the crew, I was thinking kind of like Odd Future before Odd Future. You know what I mean? Just like that right. ne- that next level, you know, just, I don't know, man. I don't know what's in that water in Columbus, but, you know, between <laughs> between between Megahertz and Blueprint and Prism man. and everybody else that came out of that motherfucker, man. And, and everyone, you know what I, I've always said about Columbus hip hop specifically uh, and, you know, this is no dig to Cincy by any means, but I just thought it was so interesting how Columbus hip-hop, everyone that came out that was really making, you know, Illogic and all those guys, all those guys that were getting burned, just their styles were so different. Like, and, that, and that's what I loved about Ohio hip-hop just in general, from Columbus to Cincy to everyone, you know, that, that it's come out of Ohio from a, from a hip-hop standpoint their styles are just so diverse, man. That's what I love about Ohio hip hop, just across the board. But I was kind of thinking about it today. I was like, these guys would have, oh my God, can you imagine what would have happened if Prism had access to social media? <laughs> uh, well, he he was he was so he was already into like what little like I think what was Friendster was back then. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can't remember. It was some little social thing going on, but he was into it, you know. He was in any, he was in anything that was gonna, you know, get the word out for him to interact with people or to see some something crazy. I mean, yeah. he was already doing it, like shooting videos, like because he, he was shooting videos long as I've been knowing him. And yeah. it's like yeah. the video thing blew up, but he had been doing it. It's like, man, look at it. Why are you shooting video? Because man, look at that, you know, whatever. You know, you like filming girls' butts and tits and girls' dances. It's like girls, girls, girls. But he was filming it and just like showing us, like, yeah, look at this, look at this. Now everybody's doing it, but he was doing it when it's like he was the only one doing it. Yeah, it was definitely the uh, the MySpace. It was definitely the MySpace days, right? Exactly. During that time, so yeah, 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 yeah. It was early at that. No doubt. Eclipse, what were you saying, man? What were you gonna say? I would say I was saying uh, what Mixer said. It's, it was definitely a MySpace. That's what it was. It wasn't French there. It was MySpace that he was okay. he was on because he he pulled us a lot of fans off of uh, MySpace. And, That's what's up. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> we met. Uh, he met this one chick on my through MySpace. Here we and go. She found she Canada. She found our album. She found the Spitball album on a bus. 
What? Wow. So I think it was a bus or a train. Like she just found it on the train, and then she was like a fanatic after that, man. Like wow. I just thought that was crazy as shit. What? That's a dope story. If people that find it like it, people that find it oh. like it, it's, it's not for everybody. The sound is so unique. It, it, it's hard on people. It could be hard on people's ears and shit. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like the people that like it. It's like you love it or hate it. it ain't no in between. You know? That's why I said our future. Like yeah. Are, yeah, that's why I was saying Odd Future, yeah, Phil, really? right? It's kind of like you, you, like Odd Future and Tyler and Earl and all those guys. You either love those guys or you fucking hate them. Like, I don't, there's no in-between, you know? And that, that's that's why I, I kind of felt like, you know, Prism and, you know, Spitballs and all those guys from yeah, there kind of in that yeah. lane, you know? We, yeah, it was, de- it was definitely that, you know? And pr- actually, Prism sort of reveled in the people that didn't like it. He's like, man, fuck number one. I want to be number 58. <laughs> I, wa- I want to be able to... <laughs> I want to be able to give people that they care about it. Fuck, I don't care how many people it is. That's what's up. You know, yeah. if it's two people. And when they did a show, if it was 10 people in that or if it was 2,000 people yeah. or 100, however many, it was the same show. Same intensity, throwing straws, spitting, throwing chairs. <laughs> people start fighting. Like, soon as the, the show start, man, shit just start jumping off. You, I was standing in the back and just see stuff flying through the air, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, we're nobody trying to hurt each other. It just it, it was just it was like with his music, you can just release pressure, you know. For real, right. you know, yeah. it's just fun, unadulterated. Like is like he used to always say he wanted people moshing uh, in the front row. Okay, Joe, when we performing, he would start himself. He, he would he would go out and start pushing people himself. <laughs> Yo, man, he would, he would jump off yeah. the stage. Start pushing people, man. man. Like and he would, he you know, if the mosh pit wouldn't start up, he'd jump out there and start it up. That's you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's coming that's coming from growing up DJing house party. Right, house party yeah. people go wild. You in clubs, you only go so wild in clubs where they shut it down. Yeah, or, or kick you somebody, out or whatever, you know, whatever. But yeah. house party. That was coming from my house party roots. It's like, fuck, you do whatever the fuck you want. It's time to get crazy. Ain't nobody going to tell us no around here. Right. And that's the type right. of atmosphere you always want, you know? Yeah, hold the yeah. floor. Yeah. Hold the floor, man. I mean, that, that joint right hold there. Hold the floor. Man, wow. Right. Camu top. God damn, right. what a joint that was. Anthem right there. Yo, man, I, I mean, I, I, I remember specifically when I got that record. I think I got serviced with No, no, I bought that. I bought that at... More dusty than digital in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I think I played that motherfucker fifty times when I got home with yo. I would play that yo. I I, I played that record literally anywhere I could, man. I, I would I'd be I, I, the, every once in a while I'd have like the weird one off wedding that I would have to do, and that would be my sound check <laughs> record. I play that motherfucker for sound check. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, <laughs> and, and weird you speak of sound check because uh you know uh Mr. Dibbs uh Round says DJ and his own DJ in himself, he still uses that song as either his intro or his outro to either set or to round atmosphere set or even even uh, Run the Jewels. The Run the Jewels tour. He's been playing they play they play Hold the Floor either at the beginning or the end of their tour, of their tour show. That's dope. Because they did it in Columbus here like six months ago when they played in Columbus. They played Hold the Floor at the end. Wow. So his music is still being heard. Wow. 
Yeah, that, that joint right there, that if that was ever some futuristic shit, man, that shit could come out today, right fucking now. That joint could come out today and uh, still stands the test of time, man. I We might have to play that motherfucker tonight, man. man I, we we might have to play a couple of joints tonight, yeah, for absolutely. real. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yo, man, I think we took enough of y'all time, man, um, and we really appreciate y'all giving us some insight on the man, the myth, the legend. DJ Prism, man. Word. Rest in peace. Yo, oh, yeah. Phil, can you hey, guys uh, fill in a clip? Man. Yeah, can, can you guys tell yeah, us where man. they can go? Um, where they can go buy the record? Where they can support? Um, I mean, you know, what you uh, kind of leave with them like can, that? They can get the record. They you can get the record from lahillrecords.com. That's uh, lahillrecords.com. My homie out there, Ron Hill, in West Hollywood. Jumping it off, man. He's my distributor, and he's the one that's put doing the online sales. You'll also be able to get it on CD Baby. You'll be able to get the vinyl and the digital download on CD Baby and other apps and websites uh, April 15th and beyond. April 15th, 2017. So LA Hill Records, CD All right. Dot com. What, what about your social media, guys? Where can we point them there to go follow or... Uh, our social media. Go ahead, go ahead, E. There's a spitball uh, page on Facebook. Biggest ask spitball, uh, or not ask spitball, but you know, Facebook.com/slash/spitball. All right. Um, yep. Also on SoundCloud, if you want to go hear some joints, we got some joints on SoundCloud that that Brew put up. Um, you'll hear some stuff maybe that you probably haven't even heard. Okay. Because um, I know. Pr- Brew put a bunch of stuff on there. There's some 3MS stuff on there. There's some spitball stuff on there. And there's some of Prisms and Brew's uh, uh, just, you know, their own solo project stuff up there. Wow. Cool. All right, Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, thank you all. Phil, Eclipse, thank you all. We really appreciate it. It's it's able to kind of connect the dots like what some uh, 12 or 13 years later. Wow. Crazy, man. Right. So, definitely great yeah, talking man. to y'all tonight, yeah, you man, know, we, for sure. We go, we go, I'm gonna keep putting it out until I run out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you so, make sure we get it, all right? Spitball forever, DJ Prism forever. You no know, doubt. I'm gonna keep putting it out. You know, people keep buying it. You know, if one person wants it, then it, you know, it's worth all my time and money. But lucky for me and lucky for everybody involved, you know, we're starting mm-hmm. to, you know, pick up a little momentum. And this is our first step. So I appreciate it. Pre- no problem. No problem. Keep us posted on everything, all right? All right. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Cool, man. Y'all be yeah, good, man. man. Thank Peace. y'all. Stay in touch. All right. Yep. All right, Meeks. All right. Much love. Peace. All right. Peace. Be good. All right. Good. All right, Meeks. Wow. Awesome, man. That was Bugged awesome. Out. Yeah, I got a, got a chance to connect some dots there, man. Um, you know, um, Man, I just I just don't know what to say right now. So, uh, I I know what to say. I, I for whatever reason, because I've I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, kind of coming up to this interview s- session. But for whatever reason, man, that floppy disk of Sasquatch feet <laughs> that that image is burned in my brain. And I don't know why. Uh, out of all the shit that we've done over the past, you know, twenty years, for some, I can still see the handwriting on that disc. I don't know what it was, and I think what it was. I do know what it was. It's when Pocket, like, decrypted that beat for me, and I was just, dude, my, my mind was just fucking completely blown. I remember blown. <laughs> the, 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 the hi-hat 
aspect of that beat. Oh, it wasn't. God. It wasn't, it wasn't even. even a, it sounded like Hitler's army <laughs> marching or some shit. It was. It was just. It was just wild. I remember the night we recorded the joint. Um, I don't. I don't even think. I don't we had, remember that. Um, I don't even think we had talked about recording it. I just was like, "Yo, man, you know what? I did something to that that prison beat, man. Let me hop in there real quick." And that's what we came out with, man. Wow, it was, so it, was it was it was L, man. But it was, uh, it was like definitely. fucking magic, man. It's like it was. When, it was like magic. It, it literally was. was fucking magic in a bottle. Shit wow. was crazy, man. But it was definitely good to get some insight from the guys, Absolutely. man. Because, uh, like I said, I never got to meet the guy. But uh, yeah. after talking to them tonight, I feel like I kind of know them a yeah, little bit absolutely. better, you know? Absolutely. That's what's up. All right, Southern Vanguard Radio, DJ Prism Forever, Spitball Man. Forever, DJ Philly Phil, Philly Eclipse. Phil. Eclipse, Spitball. We see y'all, man. Word. We got you. Yes, sir. All right, twice a week, Meeks. Twice a week, dough. Southern we Vanguard Radio. Southern Vanguard Radio, peace. Peace.